God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. Sing praise to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Did you catch those words? Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. If ever there was a message to be preached during the season of Advent, this is it. God is my salvation. I will trust. I will not be afraid. In fact, that's not just a message that we need to hear during the season of Advent, but that's probably a message that we need to have penetrating our hearts every single day. This message started bouncing around in my head when I first read it, and the more it bounced around in my head, the more I started thinking about what happens when we don't trust God. It's not even always a situation in which we make a cognitive choice that I'm not going to trust God on this. I'm not going to trust God today. It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes we just get so caught up in the situation that's going on around us that that trust that, that Isaiah is telling us about, it just isn't quite as strong as the fear that comes about as a result of the situation around us. My grandpa used to keep animals at his house and at the farm that he had in North Carolina. I have never in my life seen anybody who loves animals as much as this man. I think that both he and Noah had some kinship going on. If nothing else, sometimes I wonder if he wished he were Noah to be able to be able to surround himself with so many animals. This man could literally be going for a gallon of milk at the grocery store and come back with three guineas, two pigs, and a donkey. I'm not kidding. He would usually keep the larger animals like the cows and the donkeys, maybe some of his bigger goats, things like that at the farm that was 20 minutes north of their house. But he always kept a couple of dogs, several litters of cats, some chickens, other animals there at the house. It's about 50 yards the barn was from the back of the house. And every now and then, some outside creature would make its way into the chicken coop. Sometimes it was a fox. Sometimes it was a snake, sometimes a possum. Something would get in there wanting those chickens or those eggs. Whatever it was that made its way into that chicken coop would get those chickens all stirred up and in such an uproar that you would think there were 34 outside animals coming in to destroy everything in that coop. And for 50 yards away, there at the house, my grandma would be there at the sink washing dishes because that's what she does. Even if they're clean, she'll get them out and wash them again. Or she'd be making some fabulous meal there at the, the stove. And you'd hear her scream into the den, Dean, you better get out to the barn. Something's got those chickens stirred up again. And so Pop would come from the den, and he'd go into the kitchen, sit on his stool where his work boots were, and he'd start lacing those work boots up. And then he would make his way deliberately out that 50-yard walk to the barn. And as soon as he'd get to the chicken coop, whatever outside animal had made its way in was usually gone. And as soon as he'd walk into that coop, those chickens would calm down immediately. Immediately. 
But they didn't just get calm. They would get oddly peaceful and start crooning. It was as if they recognized that their master was in their presence and that there was really nothing to be afraid of anymore. Everything was going to be okay. All of that chaos turned into order, and they weren't afraid anymore. But the problem was this. Papa would make sure to take account of all the damage that had happened. And there were usually some pretty severe injuries to his chickens. The unfortunate part is that the majority of the injuries were caused by the other chickens, not by the outside animal. Maybe one or two of the chickens had been wounded by that outside animal, but the rest were injured by each other. The major problems would come from those chickens getting unsettled and worked up to the point they'd start attacking each other. They would react out of that fear. And that reaction would cause more damage than any outside creature ever could. It seems to me that we've got a lot in common with those chickens. We're in the midst of a season when we get to celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we do our best to celebrate that, we find ourselves in the midst of a world that seems unsure about a lot of things. And because that world seems unsure about all of these things, we get to experience a lot of fear and doubt and uncertainty. I look at the news almost every single morning as I drink my coffee and try to figure out what's up and what's down. And I see report after report about people hurting one another throughout the world because of a particular belief or maybe even because of a particular way that they worship or or maybe even because they just look differently or, or maybe it's even because they just live in a different part of the world. Insecurity causes people to react. Fear causes people to react. Fear and not trusting one another causes people to turn on one another. And yet, as people of faith, as disciples of Jesus Christ, Isaiah is telling us that we are not to be afraid. We're not to be afraid, but we're to trust because our salvation comes from God. Our hope is in the name of the Lord, not in the name of fear. When has fear ever brought about the kingdom of God? When has insecurity ever brought about mercy and justice and love? When has not trusting ever brought about any of the fruits of the Spirit? But it seems so easy. It seems so easy in these times when the media seems to be pushing things on us just to accept them. It seems so easy in these times that appear to be breeding a culture of mistrust to accept that mistrust as a given reality that we cannot change. Yet our God is calling us to do something different. Our God is calling us to live a different sort of life. Our God is calling us to live a life of Advent, to live a life embracing this eager coming of the Messiah. But more than that, He is calling us to embrace the life that makes the way straight, that prepares the way before the Messiah ever comes back. Our God is calling us to really live. And that can only happen if we are really willing to trust. Because salvation comes from God, not from fear. When we trust, we move from a life of fear and reaction to a life of rejoicing. We move from a situation that seems all about making sure that we are protected for our own survival to a life that seems more interested in proclaiming to the world with our voice 
and our actions that survival is not the end game. Survival is not the end game, but the eternal life and life abundant here and now. That's what God's calling us to do. That's what God is inviting us to experience. When we find ourselves making that transition, we find ourselves doing exactly what this prophet is calling us to do. But more than that, we find ourselves doing exactly what Jesus was doing. There are always going to be outside forces in our lives. Outside forces that seem to come into our chicken coop and disrupt everything in our world. But we don't always have to be turning on one another when those things happen. We don't always need to cause more damage than those outside forces that are causing us to react. Have you ever thought about what might happen if the world could see people, or or Christians especially, acting in a very uncommon way when faced with the presence of evil? Do you wonder what might the world say if they saw us rejoicing instead of reacting? Earlier in the year, we can all remember the tragedy that took place at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. We saw the presence of evil, an outside force, come into the midst of what should have been a safe haven for the children of God. The shooter came in and attacked. Attacked God's precious children. This was a situation that could have easily bred negative and equally evil reactions. This was a situation that was packed with mistrust, with insecurities, with looking at the other through eyes that just could not understand. This was the perfect situation for people to be able to react. And no one would have blamed those who had been victimized if they had reacted. It would have seemed normal. But thank God normal didn't happen. Thank God Reacting did not happen, at least not the way that it normally does. Following that event, I like to think that God did a similar sort of thing to what my papa would do when the chicken coop would get raided by an outside force. I like to think that God put on his boots and started walking out to the barn very, very deliberately to assess the damage. And when he opened the door to the safe haven of his little ones, He didn't see the normal damage that has become normal in the chicken coop of our world. Instead, what God found in Charleston were faithful children who were rejoicing instead of reacting. Instead of finding more damage created by believers, God found a song. God found a song of praise that was ringing out to the world, letting the world know that evil will not have the last word. God wasn't the only one hearing that song of rejoicing following those tragic events. The whole world was hearing those refrains. Folks, that's what it means to move from a life of reacting to rejoicing in a way that brings glory to the God that we worship. The only way that we can do that is to learn to trust when it would be easier to be afraid. Because our trust, that's what matters. That's what allows us to recognize that our salvation comes from God. That's what allows us to live as if our salvation comes from God. That's what it means to be living in an Advent sort of way. To be living this way means that we are living differently than that which seems normal around us. It means that reaction bred from fear must take a back seat to rejoicing through trust. 
So the question becomes this. Do we actually want that? Do we want things to change? Do we want to live in a world that is not so full of fear? Do we want to live in a world that embraces rejoicing instead of reacting to that which we do not understand? And then the next question comes. What are we willing to do about it? What are we willing to do to make that a reality? God has given us all the necessary tools to make that a reality. Let's listen to these words from Isaiah one more time. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Folks, the next step is for us. It's time for us to respond to that grace that goes before us, to respond to that grace that empowers us, and to live into that grace that guides us to give God praise with more than our voice time for us to go and to sing with our lives. Amen.